This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Tomorrow is opening day. This morning, then I have a great hunt. Deer didn't move like usual. We just got set up in the middle of this bedding thicket. Oh, saving this spot from the rut. It's a nice, I think it's a nice buck. It's a 170. That was money. I think he's down right over there. 10 yards. Woo! Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. All right, guys. We got Cody on with a public land, Pennsylvania. This was another one of those where I tried to find that weird state where a legend came out of. It's a struggle out there to try to find these. We got the air conditioner in the back <laughs> rocking. It's hot in say. the studio. <sighs> the regular feed content will be solid audio. This might be a little sketch. Um, but, yeah, he, he's shooting a giant buck, three years of history, on public, highly pressured public, um, super solid episode. I appreciate Cody coming on, telling them story. Uh, let's get into the partners and uh, get to the show. Um start with a VIP veteran broadhead. Um, the amount of people buying the veteran right now is insane. I think it's getting close to season. People are really starting to ra- you know, think about what broadheads they're going to switch to. We've seen multiple people make the transition from other broadheads to the VIP brand. I'm very happy to see that. I can't wait to them to see or you know, shoot it and then see the results that the head gives. So the last two years, people aren't like, these guys are you know, full crap this head isn't no different than the other one you know they can finally see the results um get into the vip veteran broadhead shout out we got terry watson another guy we work with um he was in the navy from 2001 to 2006 uh appreciate all your service terry um 
another saw a guy at work. Um, yeah. Works in Chile where I work. Um, get to see him every day. So I was like, hey, man, you were in the military. Let's do a shout-out. He's like, oh, that'd be awesome. So um, glad to shout him out, show respect to him. And see how easy that happens, you know. Yeah. Just, just like we always say on here, you know, these if you recognize these people because they're always wearing a hat or, you know, they're always wearing something affiliated with their service. So um, it's a very easy conversation. And, you know, just walk up to, to them and, and thank them for their sacrifice. Yep. All right, uh, let's get into Ingram's outdoor obsession. Freeze is coming soon. I've been talking to Ingram. Um, the mount may or may not be done right now. Can't release it, though, but <laughs> the other stuff. The form looks the good. Addition, the additional <laughs> stuff isn't done. So I, he's, we, there was a talk, like, should we release just the form of him or should we release it all at once? And I'm like, we got to do it all at once. Dude, when he's on the form, I'm like, <gasps> yeah, we got right. we got to do it all, all right. at once. So. I see you. Yeah. So, Which uh, would be kind of cool because that's the way you're getting mounted on the, on the scrape trees, yeah. like how he was kind of in on the video. Uh-huh. So I think it'd be pretty, pretty cool to it'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. Put when, it all when together. He, yeah. When, when it's I all see together. him, dude, I'm going to, it's going to be epic. When I see oh, him back dude. all together, it's going to yeah. be sick, but, uh, I'm Jack for that. I, he just put that post out social media last week, blew up. I mean, pages that we don't even know sharing <laughs> yeah, it, his right? content, you know what I mean? Like, wow. You know, so he's putting out good work right yeah. now. ECW calls all your custom call needs, um, new stuff coming from ECW coming soon. I know we keep saying that, but like I'm at the point like I thought they were going to release it already. I'm not really sure, but I can't let the deets out. But all your custom calls need custom slate calls, custom grunt tubes, engraved with your kid's name, whatever you want. Um, you want to get your wife one for her anniversary because you know that would be a stellar present with the custom with a heart engraved grunt call with her name or initials. I'm gonna say I'm gonna throw it out there. You, you can get your own logo on yeah, there. There's been a lot logo, of yeah. a lot of. Uh, We've had a lot of hunting teams share it, come share to it. them, yep, and get their logo on a turkey call or a grunt tube. If you want to have your own logo um, on your call, reach out. Grunt tube, yep. Uh, turkey call, what whatever it is, he's got it down. Yep. Scentlock, um, they just come out with a new fishing line of Oz. They changed it up a yep. little bit, made it a little lighter, changed the colors up. Pretty Dude, cool. Them colors. Yeah. I like that, you know, like swimming pool blue yeah. they got on there. They're trying to change like it up that. for the fishing side. I think it's a cool idea. I've been in some stinky live well areas, yep. and I know an Oz machine would pop that right out, no problem. You get that pontoon boat that's got the soggy seats, you know, <laughs> got that musk where you keep the live jacket, life jackets, throw that down there, knock that right out. That seems to be the worst. It's like, yeah. You'd be like, all right. We're putting life jackets on, and you'd be like, it smells like, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, it smells terrible. terrible, so it smells terrible. throw that in there. But All right, guys. We hope you guys enjoy the show. Uh, I really love this one. Learned some stuff, some really cool tactics, really good story. Um, hope you guys enjoy. All right, guys, here we go. Another Legends episode coming at you. We got Cody Lippincott with the story of Pinky. Um, I really like that name. That is a solid choice it of is. Uh, buck names. So. We got to get creative like yeah. that. How you doing tonight, Cody? Pretty good. How about yourself? Doing good, man. Uh, it's a little warm in the studio, but the bush lights are cold, so that's helping us out. But we're trying to keep the air conditioner off to keep the quality at primo. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, heck yeah. 
So we appreciate you coming on, uh, telling us the story of Pinky. Uh, I love the pics online. That's why I reached out to you for, to come on and uh, tell your story. So uh, just give a quick two-minute interview uh, about you. Okay. Well, I'm, uh, my name's Cody Lippincott. Uh, I live in Waynesburg, Pennsylvania. Um, I just work in the oil and gas field. Work for a company that uh, we distribute natural gas throughout the whole company so or throughout the whole country but uh yeah i've been hunting since i was nine ten years old and uh i'm 25 now so i've been doing it for a little while nice i would say i wonder if any of your natural gas is we've seen out here where we work yeah i i would imagine uh, eqt is where i work so hmm. qt have to open an eye out. Yeah, it's super <laughs> cool to talk to guys. You guys do the same thing we are, just a tradesman out there trying to kill big bucks, but your state's yep. away. So, Absolutely. All right, let's get into the story of Pinky. I'm excited <clears throat> to hear this story. looks like you had some sheds and a, a lot of history with them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it kind of all started in um, 2015. Uh, I found a shed from not pinky but i found a big shed on uh just a random property actually from the road and started doing a little digging and you know found out that the coal company had had owned the the property so uh i took my wife back in where i found that shed and we ended up finding the other side so and it was uh about 150 class 10 point buck which just kind of got me in the area on that that property to start looking at that property so the following hunting season i learned that somebody actually at least that the property off of the coal mine so it wouldn't be able to be hunted but uh that that same year when i found the the matching set with me and my wife we had found a, a chewed up side uh you know but just a decent buck well it turns out that was actually a shed from pinky all the way in 2014 nice that's super so cool that, yeah so that, i mean i didn't know at the time but that's kind of where the story started um so then this what would it be the spring of 2016 so there, there's a big gap there from 14 to 16 i didn't even i wasn't even interested in the property and really didn't even know about pinky <clears throat> um so i kind of didn't even really pay attention to the property too much but in the the summer of 2016 uh just out scouting for velvet bucks you know driving around and that, that's the first time i saw pinky there in 2016 real early on probably like i think it was like late june wasn't fully developed but uh, I knew it was the, the biggest buck I'd ever seen in Pennsylvania. Did he have them sure. dagger brows? <laughs> yeah, yeah. His brows were like, you know, that was like the most developed point on his head at the time. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty much just. It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I knew, you know, it was going to be a hammer, a hammer of a buck. Um, but I, I still wasn't. I mean, I was excited. I was more just excited to see what he turned into. I I still didn't really plan on being able to hunt him. Um, and so going from there, you know, we seen him a few more times that summer and he was, every time we see him, he'd blow up so much bigger, you know? 
<clears throat> but uh, so the year of 2016, whenever he fully developed, he had a kicker off of his G2. That was like the size of your pinky finger, which is where he got his name. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, it just looked like a pinky finger hanging off of it. And he was kind of a little more spindly than he was uh, the year I killed him, but just a massive deer for especially this area. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> um, so that year, same same story. The property was leased. You know, I always kept an eye on him as much as I could, but... You know, there's only so much you can do when you can't get on the property. So I just, it's more of just like a spectator thing from the outside looking in with him at that time. Um, so then the two, moving on to two, well, I'm kind of rambling, I know, but. Oh, no, you're doing great. I, this is what we love, guess, man. This is right, perfect. Man. All right. So I don't, I'm, I kind of got to backtrack. So I guess 2016. I always mix those up, the the dates up because of uh, you know what I mean you talk about when you found the sheds it's actually sixteen but it's for the eighteen or for it's for the sixteen season but you would yeah. think of, yeah you know what I mean I keep yeah. messing that up but anyway sixteen two thousand sixteen I found out the 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 property is public access and I actually wasn't getting correct information whenever somebody was telling me it was being leased oh wow. So I could have been on it the whole time. Damn. Um, yeah. So, it, you know, that was like one of the most exciting days ever, you know. And uh, so I just started hanging cameras and doing what I could do, which was, you know, after seeing them in the summer. Um, and right away, like in the summer, he's pretty visible deer. I mean, we got a lot of pictures of him and things like that. And then, of course soon as he dropped his velvet he just disappeared and uh so 16 pretty much flew by really no, no i figured he got shot or something in rifle season um and at the end of season i went over there and picked up his left side uh still didn't really i mean you know i, I had seen the deer and had pictures of him i didn't quite understand how big the deer really was until getting your hands on that that shed you know yeah for sure so it goes both ways man you look at them and you're like oh that's a giant <laughs> and then you get the shed and you're like oh he's not as big as i thought or yeah. you find him and you're like oh he's a lot bigger you yeah know i mean so, yeah exactly so that that's whenever i'm like i mean i could really kill this deer and you know in my mind at the time i'm even thinking like it's a potential state record you know if he puts on another 20 inches somehow, I, I don't know this deer that well, you know? Oh yeah. 20 inches. I've, yeah. I've seen him put on 40 by us in a year. So 20 inches exactly. is very doable. Exactly. So, you know, I was, I was super excited with that, but we go through 2018 and, or uh, I'm sorry, through 2016 hunting season. And we lost a lot of deer that summer, uh, with EHD or CWD or whatever it was. And like almost all the bucks that were in that small, that small lot that he lived in died. Like a lot of them. We found a lot of dead deer and, uh, you know, we didn't really see him through the, the deer season at all. And, uh, but he started getting a name and like, you know, people would say, yeah, deer got shot over here. 
the town started talking about him a little bit more. <clears throat> um, so that was really all that happened in 2016, but ended up with this shed. I knew going into 17, I at least have a little, I kind of know where his home range is, you know? Yeah, so, two, yeah. So 2017, I mean, that deer was pretty much my life that year. I mean, headstands somewhat ready did what i could you know i mean it, it still wasn't a great property for access um that was probably the biggest problem it's just a real overgrown small lot that really has like no food it's just basically cover i mean that's the only reason he's really there in, in my opinion so as far as a game plan on killing him, I didn't really have one in 2017, but I just knew I had to be aggressive and do what I could do, you know? So, um, pretty much spent all bow season just chasing him around because I got trail camera pictures just every week. Like there wasn't a week that went by through the whole archery season that I didn't get pictures of him at nighttime, but still he was in there. He was always in there, you know? Yeah, we can relate to that, man. It feels good. It's frustrating because you can't kill him, but it feels good because you know you haven't messed him up yet, and he's still there, still exactly. honorable. Yep. So just fighting through that all through 2017, and I actually, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I had an encounter with him just hearing him grunt, chasing a doe one, one day, just because, you know, I mean, it's a different sound with a buck like that, but. I never seen him one time through bow season in 2017. Um, <clears throat> so we get to rifle season and now I know that this property, which this property, we're talking like 20 acres at the most. That's all it is. Um, I'm like, I mean, this is, this is for sure. He's going to get killed this year. I would imagine being public access, 20 acres, I know he's going to stay in there. He's probably going to get shot. So I didn't even go over there just thinking like it's going to be a war zone. Like most public places are in Pennsylvania. And, uh, you know, I, I had cameras the day after rifle season because I was worried about him getting stolen through the season. Within a week, I had a picture, uh, a bunch of pictures of them actually. And our, our rifle season goes out. I think I'm trying to think like maybe December 15th or December, something like that. But he actually dropped both sides before Christmas. Wow. He was, he was like, no one's going to shoot me late season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just losing yeah. these things. Got a target on my back. <laughs> yeah. So like I hung cameras right after our rifle season. And I'm like, he, he starts showing up, and he actually had a few daylight pictures. I'm like, I might be able to kill a steer in late season. Well, then he dropped his sheds. So I went crazy, started shed hunting as much as possible, but my work schedule was pretty bad at the time. So I actually shed hunted at night a good bit over there uh, just because I knew how small his range was you know, a freaking 70 inch shed. You ought to be able to see it with a headlamp. You would think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've shed you know? on it at night too. Yeah. It's just, I mean, like you got like that, 
you, get, you just get off work late. You're like, man, I'm just going to check this waterway. I'll just take a flashlight, you know? I mean, yeah, I mean, it sounds crazy, but you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, man. sure. So went through that. I never did end up finding it, uh, any sheds at night through, through like the two weeks span that I was stuck working. So the first Saturday I had off, I think it was, I'm thinking it might've been like, like the 23rd of December and Christmas was on the 25th. I feel like, so it was just right, right there before Christmas. So, um, I got out there and it was pouring down the rain. I spent like six hours in the woods. I, I could not believe that I could not walk upon one of them sheds. And I ended up finding his left side finally. Um, and once I picked that up, I was like, man, this deer blew up again. I, I knew it was a good bit bigger than 2016. But uh, I searched for probably another three weeks, never ended up finding his right side. Um, and then uh, a guy I know actually found it chewed up like a month later so you got all left sides off of him <laughs> yeah it's the only thing i, I should have <laughs> named cool. him Le- yeah should have named him lefty instead of pinky but you should have named him left yeah. pinky <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> exactly but so another thing that that week that i didn't stay in there for rifle season i, I know i just i think i might have said that i took trail cameras down for rifle season but actually yeah. they were in there in 2017 and the buck, he was actually in there while people were in there hunting. Like, wow. So he never left. So that's whenever I'm like, you know, I had a good amount of confidence going into 2018. Just knowing that whatever happens, he's going to, he's going to stay in there. And, uh, so 2018, pretty much the same game plan other than there's like, two spots that i know i'm just gonna when i go in there i'm staying all day and i'm just gonna stay all day and just see what happens so comes you know later october i started hunting over there a good bit and uh like there was no activity in that entire lot of woods like he would not let any other bucks in there so i would sit daylight till dark I think six days straight, I sat daylight till dark without seeing, I think I'd seen two does. Wow. And I, I knew I was kind of ruining the spot too, just hitting it over and over and over again, but I didn't really have an option, you know. I did, I just thought maybe he would get on a hot doe. And yeah, that, sometimes that was, you just make it or break it, risk it for the biscuit, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't going to not hunt and have him on camera again like I did the year before. That's That was just... I had no choice. I knew there was no way. I tried getting other access through other landowners and stuff, and it, it just all fell through. So had to go for it, and uh, it didn't it didn't pan out in bow season. I had never seen him again. I got literally thousands of pictures of him throughout the bow season and all nighttime, but <clears throat> thousands of pictures of him. And... Once again, I really wasn't planning on going back over there in rifle season just for, honestly, like safety reasons. I, I really didn't want to be – I just don't enjoy confrontation that much. I didn't really want to be in that type of environment. But 
it goes on. You know, I, I'm still thinking about the deer every day, obviously. It comes down to like three days before our rifle season. And I just said, you know what? The most obvious spot on the whole property <coughs> is actually one of the, the gas lines, pipelines from the company that I worked for. I said, you know, I got just as much right as anybody. If I can get, I'll just get there at two, three o'clock in the morning and do my best. And, it, you know, if I end up, somebody wants to argue or something about it, I'll just leave. So I get over there. And by this time, this whole county, the whole county is just, everybody knows about the deer. I mean, it's like, it's almost like a joke. You know what I mean? Just everybody knows about it, kind of where it's at. And everybody's seen it, you know, we can spot in Pennsylvania. Everybody's spotting the deer. Everybody knows about it at this point. So I knew it was going to be an interesting morning for sure. So I got over there about 2.30 in the morning and just set up on the right away. <coughs> and, you know, it's it's starting. like I, So I sit there for three hours. I don't see anybody. Finally, it starts to get daylight there, and people just start pulling in like clans of people and I, I just sat there you know kind of kept my mouth shut people were going all around and uh i i think i sat till noon and i did not see a single deer um and i seen a few guys come and they started walking up like the main the main hollow that if he wasn't already pushed out of there i knew he was still in there you know like if he wasn't bumped out at nighttime, he, he was in there. I knew he was. So they go up in there and nothing really happened. So I, I'm thinking, well, he had to come out of that woods one way or another. I know he ain't in there now. So sit there for another four hours. It was about four o'clock in the evening. I look up at the top of the right away and he pokes his head out. Pinky does. So that's about it's about 370 yards from where I'm at. He's pretty much as far as he can get away from me. And he's like he's walking pretty good. So I pull the gun up, try to get it set on. I think I got it set on 300, but then I just kind of run out of time because he was like pacing so quick across the roadway. <coughs> so he just kind of. You know, sometimes when they like take a, they don't stop, but they take like a stutter step. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. And then they take that next step. Well, he took that stutter and he just kind of looked down the right away and I squeezed it off. And pretty much everything just went, like went black for me. I didn't really see, didn't really see what happened. You know, I knew it was a pretty long shot and wasn't super confident about the whole, the whole thing. Um, and it's a mountain that I have to walk up now. So I pretty much spent myself running up the hill. <laughs> yeah. I get up there and like, there's people everywhere at this point. It, it was just, it wasn't the scenario I really hoped for, you know, but I get up there and find blood. And at that point I just sat down right there and, you know, waited for my, my father-in-law and my, my dad and everybody to come so 
we sat there for a while and uh just you know kind of gave him a little bit of time probably an hour or so and uh <clears throat> started working our way out the blood trail so we get out the blood trail probably 75 to 100 yards and it pretty much dries up like it pretty much goes in nothing i can still see like where he has stuff tore up kind of where he went and i mean any other scenario like any other place any other deer in the entire world i probably would have backed out a hundred times but just knowing like, like there's that many people in the woods there's going to be that many people in the woods the next day yeah, if someone finds him, it, they're not. They're not. Exactly. Oh, we need to get this guy. Exactly. To whoever shot him. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, I'm gonna. I don't care if I gotta sweep this woods all night. I can't leave this deer. You know, I I can't. So we kind of just. I kind of work just out of hunch, and I can you know see kind of what he's tearing up. Well, it takes me to this like tram road that's pretty sloppy, muddy. You know, it has cooler tracks and stuff on it. Well, now I can see his prints and his prints were like, I mean, that's how I found his sheds. Most of the time you can see him in this woods all the time because they're just, they're double the size of any other buck in there. But <clears throat> so I kind of just start following his prints. Super nervous now because there's no blood. We probably go another hundred yards of just that. And he's walking right down this tram road. And I, you know, I'm just like, I mean, I'm losing my mind really. And for whatever reason, his left side just starts puking out blood. Like, he's bleeding really good all of a sudden. And it's because we're bumping him. You know, at that point, I'm like, yeah, we're pushing this deer. And I'm going to keep, that's the only thing I know to do now, just keep pushing him. So we do that. So now we're probably every bit of 300 yards from where I shot him at. And uh, I poke my head just into the woods where I see where he went into the woods and there's like a barbed wire fence. So I just worked my way over a barbed wire fence and I look and he's, he's laying there like 10 yards away from me mm. with his, with his head up. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. So he, he's, he's still alive. Hit him. He was hit right in the front shoulder, like square in the front shoulder. <clears throat> so now I'm like ready to puke kind of excited you know like whole everything you could possibly imagine you know and uh i really know what else to do i just pulled up shot him finished him off right there and it was it was a different feeling you know it it wasn't like it wasn't all you know what you would expect with with a deer like that it was it was kind of uh it was great but you know it wasn't like my all-time favorite. Yeah, it wasn't like he came in bow hunting 20 (laughs) yards, chasing a doe, grunting, you know. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't change it for the world, but. Stressful, man. That that just stressing me out just listening to it. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's not my favorite story in the world. We'll just say that, you know. Yeah. Just like, just like I could tell in your voice, you know, you kind of shifted there when you said you had to pull up on him again and and finish him off. Um, Yeah. I've, I've had to do that with a couple deer. And I mean, nothing of, of that size, but you know, I've had to finish off a couple deer up close and personal and it is a different, 
a different feeling. It's a different ending to the story that you wish you didn't have to do. But, you know, us as sportsmen, you know, we're trying to do the right thing. We're trying to get that animal out of suffering. And, you know, it just isn't the way you want it to go down. But um, exactly. it's something we got to do. And it just kind of makes you feel a little different inside than if it was just, you know, nice, clean, and pretty off the get-go. Yep. No, I agree. 100%, man. A lot of people would say, oh, you should back out. But I feel like I feel the same way you do. Like, if I'm on highly pressured ground, because I've had a deer stolen from me off public ground. Like, I mean, so if I'm on yeah. highly pressured ground, I mean, you hate to push a deer like that. But, like, if right. you feel like he's wounded... And I know a lot of people like dog trackers, especially if they jump a deer, they're like, okay, we got to keep pushing him because mm-hmm. then he will die. You know what yeah. I mean? Yep. So we'll not, have time to clot up. Yeah. And, we'll not have time to clot up. Yeah. We'll not have time to bed down. He keeps going, keeps pumping blood. Um, you know, I lost an absolute giant. I jumped him and then, yeah, I feel like if I would just kept pressing, I had some daylight left, you know, if I would just kept yeah. pressing, I might've got a shot opportunity on that buck. You know what I mean? But I was like, I'm just backing out now, you know? And if I yeah. just went over that ridge, he could have been bedded right there. <laughs> and that ridge could have snuck up there. Plunk done deal. You know, he was bleeding. I was following blood, you know, but I yeah. think it all kind of goes back to like how confident you are in your shot and your shot placement. And like you had said, you shot him right in the shoulder. So yes. I, I think it just kind of goes back to, you know, I'm shooting a rifle I hit him in the shoulder good. Um, I don't know if he's quartering two or broadside or, you know, quartering away. But, you know, if you're shooting in the shoulder, you're going to get up in there and you're probably going to get something pretty decent. So, you know, and then just like Cody said, you know, it just all factors into all the other factors that you have going as, you know, to why you kept pushing him and probably ended up making the right choice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And same thing. This scenario could have worked the opposite way, you know a million times it could it could have worked out it could have not worked out you know i could have pushed him like that and he might have he might have made it i don't know you know yeah it's just it's kind of 50 50 i feel it's like it's one of those choices that you have to make out there and yeah yeah with it being you know rifle season i mean leaving them overnight you know you know you're gonna have people going out there early in the morning and people find a buck like that, they're hyping. Could, could you imagine just tripping on that day? Yeah, just, <laughs> just, just, just walking like, in, be like, oh, yeah. oh. You know, or someone see it bedding and like put a shot in it, you know, and yeah. and finish them off. And they're like, oh, you know, I killed it. So I'd be like, oh, exactly. Oh, man, that'd be brutal. So I'm glad you did what you did, man. I mean, that was a tough call, but it worked out in the end. So it was the right call. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, I'm proud of the deer. I'm proud of how it worked out and you know i got more respect for that deer than any animal i've ever killed uh you know i just feel like i didn't i didn't really trick him you know but i, I got him and, and i am proud of it yeah one thing i really like is you're kind of like us you're getting pictures of the deer but it was at <laughs> nighttime yeah we can't relate yeah. to anybody because like oh i got like a hundred daytime <laughs> pictures of him I'm like, yeah. we get like two daytime pictures. I was of just waiting for a season to open. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, we had the same thing. You know, we're chasing a giant nighttime picks. We know he's not living on our property. You're in there just hoping, praying that he's traveling through there. You know what I mean? So, yep. yep. But that just goes to show you small property, a spot that people didn't really think was good until they figured out that buck was in there. A buck that had a small home core range was a yep. giant. 
I feel like when they get to that giant age, everybody says, well, they shrink their core area. I think they can because they can yeah. push other bucks off. They don't yeah. have to. They're like, I well, agree. I got these does to breed. This is my area. You know, I'm mm-hmm. running these scrapes. You know, I'm running this food source. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to travel to get away from a bigger buck. You know what I mean? So. Yep. Yep. No, I agree. I think it, I think it takes, you know, the right property and the right deer. So that might be, you know, you might have a property like that, but it might only have the right deer on it. Yep. Every five years or every 10 years. It's just. But when there is one there, and, and it, it does settle like that, man. Yeah. I've, yeah, I've seen it, it multiple times. There ain't times. nothing making a move, you know? There's yeah. nothing going to make that deer move. Because that deer had probably seen more human than any deer in this county. You know, I mean, there was more, not so many people going in there and actually hunting him, but just people messing with him, you know, driving by there, going in there. Yeah, wanting to see him, spotlighting him. Yeah, you know. exactly, exactly. Yeah, we've seen it on two giant bucks now, you know, where the neighbors are running trail cams and none of them have pictures of them. And then you shoot them, they're like, oh, you got any pictures of that? <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. They're like, yeah. well, we never got one. I'm like, there's no way this deer lived on 20-something acres. You know what I mean? 21 <laughs> yeah. acres. Ain't no way. It's crazy. You know? When we have yeah. pictures of him coming off the neighbors. Yeah, we have pictures coming off the neighbors. They're just not hunting in the right spot. We don't tell them. You know, we're like, oh, no, he yeah. was he was on your property, bro. <laughs> but we, yeah. we know, you know, I just – that just goes back. Homie wrote this down. Uh, how many cams did you have out on that property? <clears throat> um, four was the most, but there was always two there. There was always two, but four was the, the most I ever had out there. Did you ever feel and, like he was bedding there? Yeah, so I know for sure, like, finding the sheds that I found a few of his beds. Mm-hmm. And basically how the property laid was just, it was a huge bowl, so... You know that he had a, a hillside to the to the north. He had a hillside to the south, and I think honestly he he would just pick and choose on on you know. And there's no way to get in. So if I'm going in on the opposite hillside and he's sitting on the other hillside, he can hear me, see me, smell me. No matter like no matter what the scenario, he could pretty much bed anywhere in that bowl it's hard for me to get in there. Hard for anybody to get in there, you know? Yeah, that's that's something that we don't have to deal with. We have some hills, but nothing like where a bucket yeah. bed on top of and really get a good yeah scenery of... We just have, like, creek draws yeah. and ravines, ravines but... but nothing like yeah. big three, 400-foot, you know, hills yeah. where a bucket yeah, bed exactly. up on top and watch a bowl where you're trying to access, so... Exactly. I mean, this is a, literally a hole, and it has, like, logging roads going around it. I mean, it's... And it's thick. I mean, it's so thick. I mean, you know, you're walking through what used to be open meadows, and it's grown up over your head. And that's that's what you know. That's what kept him in there too. I'm oh, yeah. sure. Yeah, they like that overgrown so, pasture, trees and grass. They love that stuff. But for sure. So for you sure. you had some all day sits areas, and you did six days straight. Shout out to you. What I do last year four. Yeah. I did four all-day sits, bro, and those are brutal, especially if you're not seeing a lot of action. I seen Absolutely. one shooter in four days, and it was like I don't... right at right at dark. And then the mobile dude, cam's back dude. there, yeah. and I left the stand in 10 minutes. I literally get to the truck, 10 minutes, I get a picture of a giant right at the base, yeah. five yards from the stand. Jeez, always. I'm like, ah, I'm sat there all day, bro. You couldn't come five <laughs> minutes earlier and just give me a peek at you. But, yeah, Poor. shout out to you. 
But uh, I appreciate it. What what were those sets? Were those pinches? Were there were there feed sources? What were you going off of for those all day sets? Um, so the trail cameras that I run that I ran in 2017, um, the ones that I left up in rifle season and through November, which was only was only two cameras, and I just thought they were in safe enough places that uh, you know, they would be unseen. Um. That buck was in there, I, I think it was like a week after our bow season went out, and he was also in there, like I said, he was in there in the rifle season of 2017 one time. And both of those times were in daylight on the same camera. So I had three pictures of him in the daylight within anywhere even close. Like, that's the closest I ever got him to our seasons, you know, in the daylight. And both were on the same camera. So I pretty much just went all in on that spot. Um, basically, yeah. So I, I had three pictures in the three years of chasing him in the daylight that were that were actually in season. And uh, where that camera was, I just I went all in and did my best to sneak in and out of there. And they were it was all, all sitting there. Nice. Yeah. See, that's like us. We had what two daylight, one like in daylight for sure, and a couple like right on the edge in three years of hunting uh, the buck I shot. So it just goes to show you, man. Even if they're nocturnal, they're not frequent. Because we get a lot of legends on here. Oh, I seen him all the time. He was frequent. You know, he was coming in, and yeah, uh, uh, it's cool to hear one like kind of how we hunt. You know, small property. The buck's not very frequent. He's traveling around. Um, the day that you did shoot him, uh, you said it was four o'clock in the afternoon. Do you think he got bumped or do you think that he was just traveling, um, off that, maybe he was bedded up on top of that hillside and was going across that, uh, pipeline real quick or what do you think? Uh, uh, I mean, either is possible, but if I had to bet, I would say they bumped him out of there. Yeah. yeah I would say some of the guys bumped him out of there. That's how I feel like I got, I shot the buck I did. I mean, 9 15 in the morning 9 10 in the morning seen one decent buck right before that but we got could have possibly got bumped too yeah but uh to not see a doe or anything all morning and then you know there's 30 guys hunting that property over there and then he comes right off that property i say 30 and people are like oh he's lying but it's <laughs> no, legit it's you know true. what i mean it's legit yeah, it's a huge exactly. chunk but there's little over 30 guys on it and for that deer just to come trotting through, through a pinch draw, you know, just like that. Well, he's pinching on top of that hill. He could probably see both sides of the ridge, cutting across there real quick. And you know, if you, you know, if you wouldn't have been alert or been texting on your phone and didn't look up on that hill, I mean, you probably only had thirty <laughs> seconds of him crossing that pipeline. You know, what I mean. Yeah, exactly. So, that's it. That's it. In three hundred yards, I mean, for a rifle, I've killed him at three hundred yards, but. It don't take very long for a deer to get out of your sight at 300 yards. No, you yeah, know what I mean? no, for sure, Everything for sure. Just gets it, yeah, exponential at, at that point. And that's what would amaze me too is like people were in that patch of woods that whole day, and that deer didn't come out of there until four o'clock, hmm. which is amazing. You know, what I mean, I, that I mean, I, I know how thick it is, which which may, helps the point a little bit but it's still it's amazing to me that he stayed in there that long yeah he must have had a nice little low spot or something where he was bedding and 
Did any does come through there or anything before that, or was it just I seen, him? I saw two deer have the whole day. It wow. was him, him, and an eight point. That was it. Wow, that's what I seen on mine—an eight point. <laughs> so, Man, yeah. So, how was your rut like leading up to that point? You know, you had picture of, the, of this deer. You know, the previous year, um, you might have had an encounter with him chasing a doe. Um, you know, just like Cody chasing his his buck. You know, the rut was pretty good a couple years ago and the year previous, but this year for us, it was just kind of off. And, you know, we were kind of even game planning to hunt him after the rut. But, you know, for you to maybe have an encounter um, the previous year, were you kind of banking on the rut to be like your sweet zone to kill him or? Yeah. Yeah. So actually in 2000, so 2017, Mm -hmm. the company that I was working for got bought out and I actually lost my vacation. So 17, like I got to hunt the rut, but not how I usually would, where I would usually spend two weeks hunting the rut i only i you know hunted maybe three saturdays or whatever Damn. a friday and a saturday yeah that's so, brutal it's tragic <laughs> yeah especially especially when you have a buck you know that you're chasing like that and yeah what do you end up still they got uh 166 really man dude for for the mainframe that he a lot is a brow yeah for the yeah, main so, brow. sorry go ahead oh i said for the mainframe you know no, not a lot of kickers, nothing, just mainframe, yeah. time length. I mean, just beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. So that, and that's a, another thing. So from the sheds from last year, he was actually a mainframe, uh, 11 points. So he actually had a seven inch G four on the right hand side instead of, or, uh, what would that be? A five, a G five. Yeah. Yeah. So he had six on the right. So it would give him another seven inches last year, and he was a little bit, a little bit heavier. But uh, still a world class yeah. deer. So, man. so you think he Absolutely. actually went down? Yeah, he he dropped off just a little bit, and he, I can send you guys some pictures. His like his body. We'll, I'll just say this: I'm a hundred and fifty pound guy. I lifted it in the back of my truck by myself. Wow. Wow. His body was really like his hips were shrinking, and you think yeah, he, he had was, an injury, maybe, or something? Because you said you didn't really get a lot of pictures of him that that year. You know, do you think maybe yeah. he got injured or? Yeah, I think you know something might have been wrong with him a little bit. I know, like his rear hips were, like they were shrinking. I mean, they were small. You know, he had big giant hooves. I knew his neck was huge, but like his his body just kind of was getting smaller. Wow, but. You know, yeah. and see, one thing that, you know, we can really dive into is like, you know, we, when you actually end up killing a deer and then you look back at the history and I know you had the picks and everything, you can look back and be like, well, what were the food sources like? What was the winter like? You know, was there a lot of does in the area, you know, or was he having to really travel to search for does and it was wearing him down? So, you know, it's really crazy how much you can like actually break down a buck after you kill him and still learn more about the area that you're hunting absolutely yeah and i mean as far as food sources like that i don't know what it's all woods like it's all timber you know he wasn't really there's no fields that he's going to frequently or anything like that so it's just all all timber so basically he's like a west virginia mountain buck you know 
Yeah. Living yeah, on I the mean, acorn. I mean, high 160s for Pennsylvania. I mean, that's a pretty solid buck. Yeah. I mean, yeah. solid, solid buck sure. anywhere. Yeah. You know I mean, I, mean? I would shoot a one mid 160 <laughs> all day, every day of the week. Yeah. Any day. Yeah. yeah every I mean, state. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Every state. I mean, if they get that big, they're, they're definitely <laughs> a giant. That deer looks you square in the face and you see them browse, you're like, I got it. It's do over. It. I got it. So it's like the ten on the wall. The ten on the wall that I yeah. thought was a one sixty is like a low one fifties. I was like, I just shot a high one sixty class buck. And I get up to it, I'm like, Oh, okay, yeah. But he's got nine inch brows. I'm like, Oh yeah, I just shot a giant. I get up there, I'm like, Yeah, this is like a high one forties, you know, I mean Yeah. But no, lost, I understand. Lost a lot of inches, but the brows yeah. get me, man. I go yeah. after the brow the brow. <laughs> no, I got you. Yeah. For sure. So, for sure. So before you knew this piece that this deer was on that was kind of private and you yeah. were kind of on the or uh, public, I'm sorry. Um you're kind of on the outside looking in like you know what were you kind of feeling like just looking at this deer like man, you know, I wish I wish I could get in there and then um come to find out you you did have the ability to get in there. Yeah, so I mean, I was pretty bummed out that you know I was getting a late start on it for sure you know late start getting to chase him but uh i'll be honest just to see the deer just to be able to you know film them a little bit try to film them in velvet that that was a that was enough excitement for me because i you know biggest deer i've seen before that deer in this county is probably you know one mid 140s 150 class buck so just to be able to do that i'll be honest i was happy to do that but yeah definitely when i realized i could, I could hunt this deer like that was that was amazing time yeah i don't know how many times i've been cruising and i just i'm not anywhere close to my property but you see a buck out in the bean field you're like oh you're you like, know oh. lock it up you're like and you just check them out you know and then you're like there's no way i can hunt here i know who's hunting <laughs> here but but i'm just gonna watch this deer for a while you know what i mean yeah. but exactly it's yeah. same thing yep it's and, a, and the same thing when i first found when me and my wife found the match set of sheds there that was the biggest set of sheds i ever found so it's not like he isn't the first big buck that's ever been there that's for sure it, and those sheds were i think they're mid 140s so i mean that, that's a that's a giant for for this area yeah sure so. i would say when you just pull over to the side of the road and watch a deer like that's when you know you're sick like yeah. You, yeah, you have a exactly. problem with, yeah. with giant deer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, working in, in the oil and gas field, like, I mean, you're, you're out there 20, you know, 12 hours a day, yeah. eight, nine, 10, 12 hours a day. You're with a deer, you know? Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. You're always like, man, that little patch of timber over there looks pretty <laughs> decent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We do All the same the thing on the railroad. Homie yeah. riding down the track, seen three bucks today. <laughs> no. Or does exactly. or bucks are chasing does hard today. <laughs> Should be in the woods. Yep. <laughs> Everybody's calling you, you know? Yeah. yeah, we got a good 50-mile stretch that you can get into some people's, you know, nitty-gritty and see it from the rail. And, you know, there's stands everywhere and, you know. Um, like my first couple times down there, I'd just come across a stand and I just kind of like sit there and be like, yeah, bud, you got this a decent spot. spot. <laughs> this <is> spot. <laughs> like, you can see like 10, 15 ground scrapes from the yeah. road. You're like, like, man, that thing oh, is tore dude. up, bro. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. That's so, sweet. 
luckily I take I, I take shotgun and like the the week of shotgun here in the state, you know, off. So I'm not like down there when it's like hardcore traveling. Yeah. <laughs> but, traveling through there in shotgun season, honking at people. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I just lay out of my horse exactly. fifty oh, miles. Man. Savage. I can understand that. Is we what we have is just well pads. Same same thing. You're going out in guys' fields while they're trying to rifle hunt or bow hunt or whatever. So something that Cody and I have really started paying attention to is um, the ease of access or, you know, using the wind um, during your access, not just while you're hunting. Um, you said that you didn't have very good access to, <coughs> to your stand. So can you kind of, you know, break that down a little bit more about how you um, maybe changed up your tactic of getting into the stand? Yeah. So like you said, my options were pretty, pretty slim. Um, one thing that definitely I had to do quick, which didn't really have to do with, didn't really help me on, you know, getting the upper hand on the deer, but it helped me with getting the upper hand on other people trying to hunt the deer is I started getting dropped off instead of parking, parking there. Um, which, you know, kudos to my buddies and my wife for dropping me off there freaking a bunch of times. Um, so that was one thing that I can remember right off the, the bat. And then, like I said, it being just a bowl the way it was and not being able to come in from the backside of the property or from the top of the property. So it's kind of hard to, for me to explain over the phone, but like, being this bowl, I have to start at the bottom. You know, I have to start like for me to go in, I have to go in from the bottom and you're just kind of fighting a losing battle, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest, still, I, I still like, if there was another buck there that showed up tomorrow, I don't know what I would do different to be honest. Well, prior nice. to you, I know you said that you reached out to other people to try to get access. A lot of people don't do that. And we did that. There's a guy that hunts hardcore just south of us and i was like hey man i just barely want to crest your field like and he was like yeah you could do that which is surprising yeah. to us but that's the what you had you i mean you have to do that stuff to be able absolutely to, to kill these bucks because when we're accessing that property in particular it's kind of like that like you never know where deer's bedding yeah. you never know where deer can see you so you have to have superb access or you are bumping deer right off the bat yep yep and, it, and that ruins your day quick. Oh, yeah. And then there's stands you know? that were like, well, that's like a three-time sit stand max. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yep. And j just like yeah. you said, Cody, you know, you were, you'd started getting dropped off, but you're still getting pictures of this deer. He's still there, so, so you haven't messed him up. It's not like he yeah. was daylight for two weeks, and then you got dropped off one time, made your way to your stand, and mm -hmm. started hunting, and then boom, next thing you know, he's nocturnal for a week. So Exactly. And, and same thing. I'm not going in there and sitting in there early October and things, you know, um, I thought I had him killed one time. Like it was our first day of archery season because I seen him come out on the right away. I killed him. I seen him come out in the daylight, like a week before. Other than that, it was all rut tactics for the most part. You know, that, that was actually going in there deep, staying all day or going in there deep hunting in the afternoons. Yeah, that's the same thing and, we do. Unless it's a know, cold front or it's the rut, you got to hunt the fringes and play it, you know, safe. 
Yep. People call them observation sets, but I don't like to do observation sets every time I'm going in there to kill, right? <laughs> yeah. But exactly. I, I mean, I seen I seen some of our most mature bucks on this property last year on sets where I was observing, you know. And now, since I observed that early you season, near, you can see damn near the whole piece. Yeah. Since I observed that early season, now we know. Okay, we need to make the move to do this, and now, you know that so. Even if you 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 can't hunt, you know, in there deep early or early, hunt the edges, and you can figure out. Well, I seen like you said. Well, you seen him here. You know, you know he's crossing this waterway, or you know he's using this area. Then even if you don't move in that year and you're not successful, these bucks do the same thing every year. You know, unless exactly. they get ran out. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I, I wish there there was more to the strategy is there i you know i gave it all i had it's just it's one of them things i mean it was kind of the deal like if i don't go in there and blow them out the next guy's gonna go and blow them out so i might as well be the guy in there you yeah. know messing it up and then just go for broke and that's yeah i mean this year high one this year, on public i'd be doing the same thing you just yeah, gotta go I mean, for it yeah in you 2017 know, sorry sorry i didn't mean to no go ahead no i was just gonna say Years pass with the same deer. I played it safe and and nothing happened. So this year I was like, I'm just gonna go all in. And if I push him out of there and he goes and gets killed somewhere else, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you only got so many chances. Mm-hmm. Yep. You only got so many days to hunt. You know, and as so much as you're probably up, working. You know, instead of something, he messes up, and another guy who's out there during rifle season only hunts three times a year shoots it. You know yeah. what I mean? So. Exactly. You hunted that the same way we hunted our buck. We were real smart. Only went in deep when we had, but we knew that he was unkillable by the trail cam picks. We knew that he was only there on a southeast wind on on the regular. So we were just like, I told the homie, I said, we're just going to hunt. We're just going to hunt yep. our ass off as smart as we can. And if it <coughs> happens, it happens. The odds of me and homie killing that deer <laughs> are very small. But just yep. like you, you know, you got multiple people out there. He's not like some people wouldn't even have went right. He's not daylighting. You're on public. You got multiple people. Same same acreage. Yeah, you know, yep. same size acreage. We're you know we got we got shotgun season going. Thirty forty people out there on the neighbors plus the people to the south. You know, forty two shots opening morning shotgun season, and you're thinking, wow, you know, I ain't got a shot. But you go out and you do an all day set the next day, and boom, you know what I mean? Yep. So. Yep. For sure. I think you did. For me, on public, I would do the exact same thing, man. You got to get in there. If you bump this deer, you're like, okay, well, if I bump him, if I don't bump him, someone else is going to bump him. When most people say, if I don't shoot a forked horn, someone else is going to shoot him. You know what I mean? Same thing. If I don't bump him, someone else is going to. So I think you did the right thing getting in there and pressuring these deer. Homie knows how I hunt public ground. I pretty – I – Pretty aggressive. Like I don't, I don't really play the wind a lot. I try to get in there. I'm aggressive. Uh, if I don't have a perfect temp or a perfect wind, I go to public. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, well, yep. if I mess this up, I'm still good. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, yep. and that's that's pretty much how I do it. I mean, I got yeah. There's always somewhere for me to go. Yeah. There's always Plan B. So exactly. So but, all right, man. Yep. Well, I appreciate you uh, telling the story of Left Pinky. I mean, 
Uh, definitely an awesome buck. Is uh, it too late to change the name to Left Pinky? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, we we can change his name tag. Yeah. yeah. So I uh, I appreciate you coming on and telling the story with us. And homie's got one more question. Um, I seen right. a certificate that you had the deer aged. Yeah. Through um, uh, I think it's DeerAged.com. All right. So um, how how old was this legend? Eight and a half years old. Wow. So maybe that's why it was going down. Yeah. Yeah. And that is yeah, crazy that he lived on that public land. Eight and, and a half. Made it to years, eight and a half. I know. And so Legendary. That, when you're not moving remember, and you're bumping all these other bucks off and be like, these are my <laughs> does, these are my area. Yeah. You don't, yeah. And ain't you ain't got to move. Yeah. Another two things I, I forgot to mention. So remember in the beginning of this, the beginning, whenever I said that I found the one shed that was actually his. Yeah. I'm thinking was from 2014, and he would have been like just a, like a solid like 115, 120 inch, two and a uh, half, ten pointer, yeah. But he had the same bladed G2. Like, there's no yeah, doubt it was, it was him. Four. No, in 2014, yeah, yeah, he'd, he'd been, been four, four yeah. yeah. So he didn't blow up to five or six. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Man, crazy. And then eight and a half, yeah. he just took a hard dive. Hold on, no. If the shed was found in 14, and, and he thinks it was two years old, is that or did he say he found it in 16? Um, he said it was 14 shed he found in 16, right? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, right. yeah, I'm Homie's not real good at math, yeah. bro. <laughs> <laughs> He's nats hey, in the studio. He's got his <laughs> shoes off trying to do stuff. I mean. <laughs> bro, I could tell this story a hundred times. And then they still, mess yeah. me up every time. It's hard. I, I, we were talking today. I'm like, I know we got a daylight picture of this buck, like one of these five days in <laughs> <Yeah>. October. <laughs> Homie's like, well, yeah. let me go back. And I was, I was close. I was three or four yeah. days off. You know, I'm like, it was from here to here. I remember, <laughs> but yeah, those dates are hard to remember, man. And especially if yeah. you have multiple years, you're like, oh uh, man, 16. <laughs> I just, I just heard two years later, I found this shit and it was yeah. this one. I was like, ah, <laughs> yeah. So that's cool, yep. man. Eight and a half. Definitely a legend yeah. of the woods to live on public to eight and a half. For sure. So, For sure. Very cool. Well, like I said, we appreciate awesome. you spending some time with us, and uh, and thanks for sharing the story of Pinky, man. All right, man. Hey, I appreciate it. Great talking to you guys. Here we go with another legend. What do you think about this legend? Uh, Dude, the brows. I've never shot a buck with, like, giant brows. Yeah, it's epic. Uh, but, I mean... My big deer, he's got like one sick brow. Yeah. But the other one is just, it's not there like this deer has. This deer's brows are just, both of them are just up there, dude. So, one thing that we shot out, we sought out to do with the legendary season was find a buck like Oscar, right? Like, was an eight and a half year old yep. buck. And this was also an eight and a half year old buck by teeth aged. But we also sought out. Like we did the New Jersey buck. This is a Pennsylvania buck. You don't you don't hear of a lot of giant bucks coming out of Pennsylvania. You know, this is a high 160s class buck. A lot of people wouldn't say that that is a lifetime legendary buck. But in my mind, if you shoot a mid-160s in Pennsylvania, that's eight and a half on public, get out of here, bro. Bro, that's a legend and you have two years of sheds. Yeah, you got you two. You have one full set. Yeah. Get out of here. I mean, that's... Get out. That's about as legendary as it gets in my book. That's why I went in to come on. I don't know anybody who would not shoot that. Yeah, I have no idea. With two, with a set. Yeah. And then one the year before. Yeah. So I I feel like when when people hear legendary, they're thinking 
200, 190, but there's right. other ways to shoot legendary bucks. It's by state. I really want to have someone on from Georgia or something that shot a really solid buck. So if you're a listener in Georgia, Mississippi, that shot, you know, a really nice buck for that area, reach out to us. We want to have a legend from that Florida, that area of, <laughs> right. you know, where you don't hear a lot about giant whitetails coming out of. We hit the East Coast. We hit the Midwest a bunch. Um, we need to hit, and I want to have a legendary mule deer. That's something I got to find. But yeah. Okay. We got, we might, I'm we're safe. just going to run this series. We just don't want these yeah. Illinois yeah, legends. We don't want on. Illinois. There's no big deer here. <laughs> um, but we, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode and learned something. Um, get out there. Maybe check out that piece of public that you might not think is very good. Yep. Try to leave a legacy. White to legacy's out.